How's it going, all of our human beings? Welcome back to another episode of What's the Biz with Adam and Liz. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Liz. And if you enjoy a podcast where the host's kitchen is just a complete disaster place, well, you're <laughs> in the right spot because that's what we're going to give you for an hour or so. Or so. So before we get into your baking catastrophe... <laughs> Like my little my my little Paul Hollywood tornado. We we got a guest on the show. We it's, do. It's Andrew Orsi. Who is it? It's it's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I have to tell you, um, this was like a month and a half. I think it was like December. It was in the middle of the holiday season. So at my mentally most taxed point of, sure. of last year, um, just spread too thin, not sleeping, couldn't take care of myself. But I had the. <laughs> The realization <laughs> that what's the biz with Adam and Liz Ryan <laughs> for oh the first God. time. <laughs> I it was just in the middle of like I was stressed, 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 and then I went, "Oh, <laughs> what's the biz with Adam and Liz?" <laughs> I've definitely had moments like that, like throughout life, where you you think of something from like years ago or just something that's been in your life, and you're like, "Wait a sec." I get oh, it. I have I have maybe the best one of those, which was I was working at Ruby Tuesday in Times Square as oh, bartender. Boy. I did that for three years of my life. What a choice. Yeah. Um, and during the Super Bowl, I was working one day. So I'm bartending and the Super Bowl's on like the big screen behind me. Honestly, it was a fairly slow shift. Like we just had like eight people at the bar and everybody else was at their Super Bowl parties. True. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. fine. Um, but a K Jewelers commercial came on and I... They, they like got to the end of it and did the every kiss begins with K and I was like because the letter K <laughs> and like said it out loud and the entire bar just like fell out of their chairs laughing <laughs> like it was my first moment no, actually, understanding there, there was the a YouTuber we watched this year that he didn't realize that like he kept I think it was Curtis Connor was it Curtis I think he was like making a joke about his like I don't remember what he was saying, but I was like, dude, you're not getting it. <laughs> There's so many times where it's just like, dude, come on. Yeah. But I think I'm oh, I'm pretty sure it was it was Connor. Although that Curtis. But I don't remember. Andrew Orsi's here. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, what a weird intro to do. Sorry, I just <laughs> derailed that. We said this off camera or off uh, off audio, because there's no camera. No. Uh we said this off audio that since you've been on, uh, you have released an album. You've come mm-hmm. on my holiday special. We went, mm-hmm. we both, you and I, went on a separate podcast, and the new year started before you came back on. And I, it, it, like, we were talking about that. It's just like the winter is just like mayhem in terms yeah. of um, seasonal depression. And also, just like it feels like time just flies and nothing happens. Yeah, I'm All ready of it. for spring. Like, I, we were cleaning this mm-hmm. weekend and. You got I don't got these new like air freshener scents like for the plugins and they smell like spring streaming through a window. It's the mm-hmm. best smell ever. And I'm like, I want to open the windows and have fresh air coming in when I'm doing this. And I'm like, maybe we'll do like really deep clean like for Easter. And then I'm like, wait, we live in North Dakota and it's still gonna snow on Easter. <laughs> it's, yeah. It snowed last year on Easter, yeah. It did. It snowed on Easter. We were watching movies mm-hmm. and it was snowing. I'm like, this is an interesting feeling. Yeah. <laughs> But this uh, week felt very specifically like torture in New York because it like went up to like the 50s and like there was a day where it was like sun is out 62 oh. degrees. And I was like, oh, spring is coming. Yeah. I was like, no, it's the middle of February. I know. 
Yeah. Yeah, we had, oh, it felt like spring because it was 15 degrees outside, 15 degrees positive. <laughs> and we're like, ooh, summertime. Oh, my God, it felt summertime. so good. And then today was so cold. Yeah, it just went down. It, like, here's the thing about North Dakota is that it will go up. It will go up to, like, 20 degrees. And then and all then of a sudden, like, negative 22. Like, the mm-hmm. air is getting ready for it to plummet. And so it teases you with it being 30 degrees. It's like, of course. Oh, it's just... Oh so bad yeah like the spring is such a tease out here because the winter lasts so long mm-hmm. but it's cheap living once it, and what but once it breaks oh yeah it's so nice the only problem is that you have to wait for all the snow to melt yeah for it to really right. truly feel like spring and by then it's summer um yeah. because ever while everything melts it's just so disgusting because it's all muddy yeah. mm-hmm terrible and there's floods because of all the snow melting (laughs) (laughs) so i want to bring something up and i want because you already know about it oh i thought you were gonna talk about my baking no not (laughs) your baking uh little little sidestep okay you can say you're baking i'll bring up mine put a pin in mine you made donuts i made donuts yeah because tuesday when this episode comes out is fast not day yeah and for anyone who doesn't know what that is you might call it fat tuesday um, but for Germans, it's Fasnate because it's when they would take all the, like, I think it was like, they took all the like extra lard from the year, lard, fat, yep. um, and they'd cook it all and they'd fry it up to consume before the, before Lent. Yes. Um, but Fasnats taste disgusting. So I make yes. donuts. Um, I tried Fasnats once. My mom actually bought them one year and I'm like, this is nasty. Yeah, we'll stick with donuts. fried lard. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, but my family always had donuts. My great grandmother would remind my parents. My mom always reminded us. And this year I was like, I'm going to make my own donuts because I can't have store-bought donuts because dairy. Mm-hmm. So I either buy them or last year I ran out and bought vegan donuts, which yes. was at six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I yeah. Because it was also moving day last year was Fasnacht day, yes. one moving day. So this year I'm like I'm gonna make donuts, but um, I can't be trusted with boiling oil. <laughs> um, so I had to wait till Adam came home. But I got everything ready. I got them all cut out and prepped for when Adam came home. And then he fried them up while I went and picked up dinner. And then when we finished dinner, I was like, let me just get everything glazed and everything like done before we get on the call with Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the filled donuts all filled up. Oh, Lord. Super easy. Barely inconvenient. Um, I get very messy when glaze gets involved. Oh, Lord. Um, that makes sense. And I didn't, because I wanted them fully coated in glaze, like a Krispy Kreme glazed donut. Right. Like the correct way to do a glazed yeah. donut. Yes. And so I like trenched them and I was like, and I, the first donut I put in, I pulled out. I was like, wait, where do I put this? <laughs> I had nowhere to put it down for it to drip properly. I was like, do I put it on a napkin? I'm like, no, because then it's just going to absorb the sugar. So I was like, all right, so I need to put it on a cooling rack with a paper towel under it, which still was a gooey mess and the counters need to be wiped down. Yes. Um, but I, I made a huge mess. I was the just... kitchen is, because the kitchen still has the frying stuff going, like just sitting there waiting to be cleaned. And I had done like three different loads of cleaning that day because I made I made the donuts and then I made a blueberry cream cheese filling for the donuts. And then I had to knead the donuts and get them all cut. So then that stuff needed to be cleaned. And the dishwasher is clean and full because I ran it. So I had nowhere to clean anything else and have somewhere to put it. This is all within the span of 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm just like coming in. So and now I was just like, the sink is girl. full. The counters are full. And have glaze all 
them. There's donuts sitting out. The sink has sugar sitting in it. Bowls of just like <sighs> leftover glaze and cream cheese. Ten minutes. Just like <laughs> I trusted you in the kitchen for ten minutes. I, okay, but again, it's only because I already had stuff drying on the drying rack. And but the here's the thing. I couldn't get anything out of the way. But here's the thing about you when you create a mess. You're very silent about it. With me, when I create a mess, I just say, oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. And you're I like. I just handle it. And then you just say, is everything okay? I'm like, oh, it's fine. But you're just like. Hmm. And it just like walk, walk on over like, hmm, <laughs> just very silent I, about it. I figure it out. And then I tell, I told him, I'm like, I will clean it when we're done. <laughs> I promise. Great. I think that's about the same with me. I'm, I'm, I think I'm quieter about the mess. Yeah. And I just sort of like have my own internal panics about it. And, well, because I don't want to be questioned about it. <laughs> I've also learned that when things are falling apart in the kitchen, I have a habit which is that I assume I'm going to set the smoke detector off because usually when things are falling yes. apart, oh, yeah. I'm not cooking it correctly. Yeah. And so I just turn on the oven fan, except like the other days, I was just prepping. Oh, <laughs> my God. And the cutting was a mess. And it all started to fall apart, and I turned on the fan out of panic. <laughs> like, who oh, was no. going to do anything? <laughs> panic attack. It's a comfort noise now. Yes, it it's is. Like I was like, noise. okay, maybe yeah. if this Soothing is louder, people will not hear me destroy Because that's the thing. Like, Adam says, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? So whenever and when I do say stuff, he's like, oh, God. Like, he's like, what? Like, what? what? Like, he, like, gets really panicked when I say it. Like, when yeah. he says, oh, no, I'm like, oh, geez, what am I going to walk in there to? Yeah. But when I say something, Adam gets, like, actually panicked. And then I feel bad for panicking him. And I'm like, no, I can handle it. I don't need help. I just need to externalize. Because you're What's silent, happening? and then when you say, oh, no, I thought you cut yourself or something. <laughs> no, if I cut myself, I go, ah, and then profanities. <laughs> That's what I did. I cut myself at the bar yeah. in January because they've decided to add actual real lemons to a Broadway theater bar, which seems like the oh, least fun. intelligent yeah. thing you could ever do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just like, hey, it would be nice. I only work here like once or twice a month anymore. It would be good if I like helped them prep some garnishes. Oh. <laughs> first lemon. The rind oh, said, what boy. if I didn't cut? And the knife said, what if I was a terrible knife and slid off into your finger instead? And oh, so, like, God. I have a scar on my middle finger now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, see, if I see here's here's for, for you to know. If I do ever cut myself, it will be son of a bitch. Yeah. That will be your cue that I cut myself because that is most likely what I'll say. Me yeah. when I cut my because again I work I, as a line cook I'm a mm -hmm. chef and so if I cut myself I'm like ah okay like it could be just a gouge in my hand I'm yeah. like yeah ah, all right I think I literally just went oh geez yeah <laughs> I think it was just like an annoyance and then I was just like that's gonna bleed everywhere so it was then just me standing yeah. under the sink yeah because my other bartenders were like getting stuff to restock the bar yeah so it was just me there was no one around to get me a band aid there are no band aids ex directly accessible within reach so yeah. I was just under the sink trying to make myself not bleed all over the bar. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had that. One. I'm just like, yeah. like uh, my biggest worry is like, oh, I'm gonna bleed on the food. I can't do this. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then you sort of realize, like, I told my acapella group about it, and like that was when I realized the difference between people who have who work in the service industry and who yes. have never worked in the service industry. Yeah, because they were like, oh, did you go home? And I was like, no, no, I worked intermission. Like exactly. we still have part of the shift to finish. <laughs> like yeah. I I've heard of blind cooks. Like they they slice their thumb off with a with one of those slicers, 
and they solderize yeah. it with the flat top. Like they just put yeah. your thumb down oh my God. onto the flat top just to get the bleeding to stop, and then they go back to their shift. It's not sanitary. For I mean, like, don't do involved. that. That's not great. But, <laughs> but like, that's the thing. not suggest. But like, that's what I. I mean, yeah. I just we we did a a butterfly bandage to, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. hold the hold cut together. <laughs> we wrapped it in gauze. We wrapped it in seven band aids, and then I put on a latex glove over it, yeah. and I yeah. went to work. Exactly. I recently during a rush. So we we make a Sicilian crust pizza at, at my job, and it's in a cast iron pan. And lucky me, uh, I was in a rush, and I was just, like, not thinking. And I grabbed the cast iron pan out oh, of the boy. oven with my bare hands. Yeah, I'm like, ah! And then it just blisters up immediately. Oh, that was bad. And I was just like, well, nothing I can Here do about we are. it. And I'm just, like, dealing with a rush with a blistered up hand. I'm like, yeah. okay, well... Here we are. That sucks, and it's going to hurt a lot for a long time. Yeah. A long oh, well. time. Oh, well. So what were you going to say? So you already know about this. Okay. Andrew, I want your freak out slash your opinion. Okay. Oh boy. So there is, in North Dakota, there are many events. You know, there's even drag shows out in here in this in this parts of, of North yes, Dakota. Yes, there are. So good, good events, crazy fun events, right? Uh, one of them is a okay, so a '90s themed dance party, right? Mm-hmm. We love that. We love that, right? Yeah. '90s now, kids love '90s music. Yeah, it's '90s music. It's a dance party. Okay, so let's get some hiccups here. Okay, see how you feel. First of all, it's on a Thursday. Okay. Second of <laughs> all, so this is your. It's a two-factor password. Okay, it's a Thursday. And it starts at 10 p.m. No. <laughs> our, you can't even, our feelings look, here's exactly. The thing. I'm 32. You can't even start 10 p.m. on a Friday or Saturday for me anymore. Like, yeah, if I'm right. not out of the house by 8, I'm not leaving. No. Exactly. I was like 90s. Like, we're all old enough. Like, we're between 28 and 35, at least, yeah. to go to a yeah. 90s dance party. And you're starting this, John, Thursday night. Because t- my, my friend out here... Uh, who's older than us. Yeah. Um, at least 35. At least 35 texted us like, oh, my birthday's coming around. Then there's this, this event. I said, girl, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, and, and this is a person that we've told multiple times, listen, we're in bed at nine. Yeah. We don't go out after like eight. No. Because like there's drag shows we've uh, been out here and there's Saturday nights. They start around like eight or nine. We mm-hmm. don't get home to like midnight. But that's on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm just like, I'm I'm I feel like I'm like supporting like a, a good cause. Yeah. I was about to say good cause. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a fun, good time. Everybody's yeah. having like a blast over there. It's it's nice. I mean it gets us out of the house. Yeah. Um nineties dance party starting on a Thursday at ten PM. Yeah. It's like no. No, I want like, to no. go to bed. I hesitate to go to baseball games on a weeknight. Like Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. bro, I don't even watch Laker games anymore. Yeah. It's like, I can't stay up for a Laker game. No. It's like, no, I can't stop it. I, I don't understand, like, these these sort of, like, things that, like, they know it's 90s. They know their, their market. And they start very, very late. And I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, don't either. It, it's, it's, an, it's insanity. Like, I mean, like, this is not to say that I'm not still a night owl sometimes. Like, I oh, still yeah. have nights sure. where I don't really go to sleep till 2 or 3 a.m. But, but like, not I'm not going to sleep. out doing things. Yeah. yeah. Like, I... In your own control, you're you're up late, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, like, like, last night, I stayed up till midnight. 
Now, I was tired by 11, but my anxiety brain wasn't ready for bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was, again, <laughs> I stayed up that late, but I was in my pajamas, in my bed, in a dark room watching my favorite TV show. Like, yes. I wasn't out at a dance party and where I'm going to have to come home, drink water, take up off shower. the bunch of makeup, sh- yeah, ugh, shower, yes. like all that, like, and not get into bed till what, one or two in the morning and then go to work on a Friday? Like, no. Yeah, no. Yes. No. no. So... The other thing I wanted to bring up, because since we have uh, recorded last, again, like we will talk about your album, but uh, you came on the holiday special for Caster Garden. I did. Yeah. What was your process? What did you think? Because I remember when we uh, when we were talking like off off beat with uh, with Dan. You were saying it's like, oh, my God, it was the worst. It was the worst first half I've ever had. And, like, me and you had opposite reactions to your vocals. And I just want to get <laughs> yours. Because when I got yours, I was listening to it. I was like, he trusted me. He trusted me with these vocals. I'm going to screw up. I know it. <laughs> but, like, what was your thought process? I don't know. I felt so, like, I did not feel on my A game for that record. Like, I did so many different takes, and I just kept listening to it back. And I was like, ugh, what is that vocal tone? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, cause it is, it's an, it was a high placement. So it's like on my break. So there was definitely, I think there were a lot of takes where I was trying to figure out how I wanted to move between what I was belting and what I was doing more head voice. And like, mm-hmm. that was a journey that I think I hadn't been prepared for going into recording it. I also, I think the big thing was like, you asked me to do that and I was like, great. And I think it was like, I don't know. I had like two or three weeks where I was like, all right, so I'm going to get it recorded within two or three weeks, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I had whatever amount of time I had. And so for the first week of it, I didn't really look at it at all. Cause I was just like, I know, like I know last Christmas, I love that song. Yeah. I listened to it so many times. And then I like sat down and I was like, uh Oh, do I not know what it was? That was like the discovery where I was like, I don't actually know the words to like the second verse. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know the little, he sings very like Backphrased and syncopated. Yes. Like Wham sings that song offbeat and like with weird entrances. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, ah. So yes. there, was, there was also some of that where I was just like in recording and I just like felt bad because I was like not confident that I was even entering at the right time. <laughs> yeah. No, I I said to Liz, like, I set him up for such a challenge because not only are you doing a last Christmas cover, but not only that, but it's a chill yet welcoming like cover of it even me like the entire uh uh holiday special album right last christmas was the one that challenged me the most to write honestly Mm -hmm. because i was just like because like you i was like i was the last christmas cover it's simple it's in the key of d and it's like it repeats i'm like it's good it's a good cover and i sat down to write i'm like what am i doing what am I doing? This is just to sound right. Why am I? Why am I here? <laughs> and it just freaked out. Uh, so I I feel like I had a similar stage as you because you're going into it confident because like last Christmas it's gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. But which is why I texted you before I even wrote it. I was like, hey, I have an idea for an EP. I know you want to do last Christmas, and you're like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, I know what I want to do a cover of it. It's fine. It will go great. But. The worst part about releasing it, because I released it in such a rush, that um, there's a giant tail at the end of last Christmas that I forgot to delete, 
And like when I uploaded the distro kit, I'm like, okay, it's up. It's going up. Okay. Hopefully it's out in time. Let's, let's just listen to it. And mm-hmm. then I realized like, uh, I'm like, oh, I deleted, I didn't delete this like 5,000 year long tail that <laughs> ends on it. I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it is what it is. It's going up. Cause honestly, I was I was very happy with the way like you you presented mm-hmm. yourself and the vocals. Um, uh, but I understood that I gave you a challenge because it, it it is such a weird cover of Last Christmas. Yeah. Um, and because you didn't have a lot of time, you said three weeks. I think I gave you maybe two weeks. I think maybe I gave- it was two. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the whole. Yeah. Like I said, December's blackout for me. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, two <laughs> weeks, and it's not like you don't have a life outside of like recording music. So mm-hmm. I, I like when you gave me the vocals back. Like I, I had, I was like, wow, he killed it for. Like mm-hmm. you killed it for the type of cover it was and the amount of time that you had. Yeah. Because you gave me, and, it, and you know, for those behind the curtain, you gave me two recordings. You gave mm-hmm. me the melody and you gave me the harmony. That's right. I did do that. Yeah. You did. I truly, um, like when I tell you I don't remember December, I just don't know what <laughs> yeah, happened. I'm yeah. gone. It's yeah. erased from my brain. <laughs> no, I listened to both. And then like I, I, um, I put them together and I listened to them. And I just like remember hearing the harmonies. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because you gave me the two recordings. I was like. Oh my god! <laughs> like I was like freaking out because I've never mixed vocals before. Like that right. was my, my yeah. first time. Vocals are hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and even now, like listening to it, I'm like, I, I think I I mixed yours too high above the instrumental, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I should put you way up because I want you to be a star or like more down. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I pan. I had three different layers for you. I had the left pan, right pan, and center. Yep. Mm-hmm. But after that, I was like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" But that that last belt, I was very proud of. Mm-hmm. Like where it just like streams into yeah, it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. But no, like I was, I was very thankful that you agreed to it, and I was very thankful that you gave it your all. And it was like it was just really awesome. So I wanted to say it to your face, you know. Yay! I was honored that you asked me to do it, and oh, I got yeah. to be a part of it. Um, I think you should write into DistroKid and see if there's a way that you can, like, at the end of the five thousand year long tale, <laughs> just like have like a recording of like Liz whispering like Skittle. <laughs> what? Something. <laughs> there's so many things. Just like the secret bonus hidden thing at the end of the track for the people who stick around. Like that's the thing. It's just, like it would be perfect because you. I love. It's funny you bring it up. I love those albums that just kind of like is silence and then you get this weird bonus track. I remember there was a Scorpions album that did that. And yeah. it was, it, I forget. It was a big thing in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, bands loved doing that, especially like more like indie scene. alternative bands where they yeah. always had that last track that was like seven minutes long because yes. there was like a bonus like eight bar yes. song at the end. Yeah. It was wasn't even a track and list. about how much they loved Kit Kat bars or something. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> the Scorpions one, it was like this like hair metal band, but then the, the, um, the last track, like the, the, um, the bonus track was like them playing on banjos and harmonicas. That's awesome. Yeah. It was so wild. I was like, I love that. It was so great. No, but the, um, I'm very proud of like, like how it came out in terms of like, I only gave myself three weeks 
while working as a line cook, like to do all this, but I was, I was proud of it. But at the same time, I was just thinking like, oh, next year is going to be better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm already like having plans of like next year, but, uh, th- just to say that like, this is not the last time that me and Andrew are going to incorporate music. That's it. That's all oh, I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to get into, uh, your music because mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's, so here's my, here's, here's my, here's my biggest question. Here's my biggest question. This year we had Rihanna at the Super Bowl. So ne- next year, Black to Gold. Super Bowl? Uh, they haven't reached out to me yet, but okay. I'm keeping an eye on our email. Um, Please we do. We send in our business card. <laughs> you send in we have a website card? now. So nice. that do is you? something. Yeah, that took a year of... Like I, it, the the website was supposed to have come out like beginning of last year. Oh my god! We finally have it though, so that's what counts. Is it like uh, natively built or is it like Squarespace? It's just Wix. Yeah. Okay, Wix. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, yeah, I I don't I, know enough. I don't know enough HTML CSS to like build. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From scratch. My God. I I hate when people like knock on like, oh, this is a Squarespace site. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's like, it's who a, cares? Who cares, dude? It's it's a Squarespace site. It is what it is. In fact, like. When we did games and groceries, um, I originally I had the Squarespace website, but then Radio Public came mm-hmm. out and said, "Like, hey, we can make a website for you, and it's podcast centered." I'm like, okay. "Dope! Like, yeah. let's yeah. do that." Yeah. It, it was a really good website, yeah. Um, but I just didn't need it anymore. It's <laughs> so it is. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, like, uh, so you got the website. Uh, we're hopefully hearing from the Super Bowl next year, Black to Gold. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, you did release an album. Mm-hmm. Like, how how did that go in terms of like uh, numbers for you? Did it meet expectations? Like, what what were your thoughts? I mean, I think so. It's it. We did a big album release show in New York City. That was kind of our like. We did it the same day that the album dropped. We yes. planned it to be like album comes out, and we're which doing I was a show very jealous. Night, so like that, I wasn't there timing um but we got like i mean the venue that we booked is a really well-known venue and last time we had booked it we had just barely managed to get like 45 to 50 people in Mm. and so we had booked their bigger space in hopes of having a bigger show but i was nervous you know Mm -hmm. because that space has like a okay they say the capacity is like 140 it's it's not that 140 (laughs) would be like a, a fire hazard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a fire hazard. Yeah. It shouldn't be 140, maybe like 110, 100, okay, somewhere yeah. around there. But Still. we got 99 people in for the show, wow. and that felt wow. incredible. Um, it was a great night. Um, so that went incredibly well. Um, we, I don't remember, I, I don't have all the Spotify stats. Like, I don't keep track of any of that stuff. That's not my job. Yeah, <laughs> but I know it's done well, and like we've been very happy with that. We have managed to get a couple songs on some like acapella greatest hits of 2022 playlist kind of nice. things. Nice. We, I don't remember. Are we nominated, or had the nominations not come out yet? Um, there's the Contemporary Acapella Recording Awards that we are hoping to win some for the album. Nice. Okay. So I know. I know we're at least nominated. I don't feel like nominations have officially come out mm-hmm. yet, but we are trying to get nominated for like best debut album. Um, we want to have best original song because there's an original song on the album. I think we have a couple others that are like definitely like best arrangement, best mm-hmm. mixing, that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, they're the Grammys of acapella. Yeah. Truly. Um, we're just hoping we can get best debut album would be really, really cool. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I don't know. Connor 
has listened to, I think, most of the other groups that are, are going to probably be in contention for best debut album. And he thinks we have a really solid shot, but Connor also um, does not always have awareness of his bias towards us. <laughs> Bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm saying we're bad. I just think that other groups could also be really good sure. and mm-hmm. be doing really interesting yeah. things. Yeah. So I don't. I just don't know who the competition would be at this point. Um, but Which I'm really I, proud I wish of I had that out. confidence and... that Connor had. Like I wish that I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, my music is so much better than the other person. Like I wish, but like the second I put on like, oh, there's a new like. Like some thirteen-year-old made a demo tape on his MacBook. I'm like, he's so much better than me. Why am I? What am I even doing this for? Like, <laughs> you're doing it for you. Yeah, pretty you're much for you, and you're doing it to put out your thing, which is different than the thirteen-year-old's thing, and that's fine. That's how sure. I look at it. Yeah, I've had to do a lot of that with um with the acapella world in general. Um, mm. the acapella world is very built around collegiate acapella because, mm. like, that really. I mean, it was having its explosion anyway, but then yeah. like Pitch Perfect happened. And yeah. the sing-off mm-hmm. happened and pentatonics happened and collegiate acapella, yeah. like, blew up even more. Mm-hmm. And so most people who are in the post-collegiate acapella world where we're in did college stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they already started to get a reputation because they were competing in college and oh, they had solos yeah. and they were doing this and they yeah. were already winning awards. And so you have all these people that it, it's, like, a big group of, like... I guess, big names, if you mm. want to put it that way, within the niche community of acapella sure. people. So mm. no one knows them anywhere outside of here, but everyone knows them in the acapella world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. same as like the games industry. It's like if I if I told somebody outside like, oh, yeah, RGT 85 or even uh, or even Jeff Keighley, if I said yeah. to like like a sports guy like, oh, you know, Jeff Keighley. It's like, no, I don't. No. <laughs> but like yeah. he's huge in the games industry yeah. world, you know, like. But, you know, like, I, I get that. Like, it's it's within your niche, and there's some famous people. But when you go outside that niche, nobody mm-hmm. knows. Except for LeBron yeah. James. Like, he goes everywhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like I was spending a lot of, like, my early years in acapella trying to, like, live up to that. Because I did not do college acapella. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an acapella group at my college. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any sort of reputation. I didn't have any sort of awards or any of that kind of stuff. And I was just trying to like prove that I was like as good as anybody else or like blah, 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 blah. And then like not saying that I'm perfect on that yet. Right. But I eventually had to sort of just get past that. It's like I cannot be worrying about like, wow, he riffs so cleanly and beautifully mm-hmm. and is so good at it. And I can't do that. Okay. So he riffs and I don't mm-hmm. riff and that's fine. And I do some riffs, but like not, I don't really riff. Yeah. Um, but it was more just like when you say over riff, the years, like... I'm slowly learning to accept that like my voice is my voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a, a fully traditional tenor voice. Like I'm not a traditional pop tenor mm-hmm. voice, but that's why I'm unique mm-hmm. and that's yes. okay. And that's why it doesn't need to be the same or as good as that person over there. Cause I'm a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you said like, oh, he riffs and I don't. What do you mean by riff in the terms of acapella? Riff, like the the vocal runs, okay. um, where you know you're like going up and down the scale, and some people can do it like crazy. But like Beyonce riffs a lot, especially mm-hmm. in Renaissance, she like was busting out riffs left and right. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, that sort of vocal agility, sort of stuff. I I do some runs, um, but I don't think I have the agility with them, and I don't think I'm as clean as like true. Like, there are people who, like, riffing is kind of their signature thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's, you know them because they're going to, like, do the little flourishes at the end of every single vocal phrase. And the way that they can move note to note and hit them so precisely is, like, insane. Yes. Um, I don't have the precision with it all the time. I still struggle and I'm working on my precision on that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I have my types of runs that I do. Like yeah. I have, I have ones that I like to do and like kind of know that my voice can do. And I have ones that my voice does not do. And so I don't try to put them in my music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's the thing like knowing your your strength and knowing like who you are as an artist i, I think yeah. it's very important um like if somebody were to ask me like what type of music like we're talking about adam evil not cast a garden cast a garden is just whatever i want it to be i and i love it for that it's like i i just released shred the sky which is not lo-fi and it's just still fun it's, it's yeah like it's one of those it's very fun thank you uh but yeah with adam evil it's it's like if somebody asked me, like, oh, what kind of music is it? Like, uh, well, it's um, uh, well, it's kind of down tempo and it's kind of, you know, cinematic landscape. It's kind of, you know what? It, I, you know, if you ever had a dream where you uh, that you could you could do anything <laughs> that you want. Um, but I don't know how to describe it. In- I describe Adam Evil music as um. Like a score, like a movie or video mm-hmm. game score, like that. It's that style. If you want to put it under a style, it's score. Yeah, I I like what the reason why I like which you know I'm I'm just gonna say NF is coming out with a new album. If you know mm-hmm. that artist, um, so NF is a um he's a Christian hip hop artist, but still just straight up about his style, his rap, mm-hmm. and I and I very much appreciate his music because it's very cinematic. It's mm-hmm. very much like uh, strings. It's an orchestra. Mm-hmm. It's like very drum beats, and I and I think I get a lot of inspiration off off of that mm-hmm. because the the producer Tommy Prophet. I, I remember when he he did his videos of like how I did that. He's like he's got um, string orchestra plugins and like symphonies, like the best ones. He's like, yeah. I know a lot of hip hop goes this direction, but we want it like this. We want it to be like a horror movie. We want. I'm like, I like doing that. I freaking love that. Mm-hmm. And as I'm starting the new album that I'm hoping to drop this year, like if you listen to Nova Initia for Adam Evil and how more intense that was rather than the essence of life, the opening that I'm designing it mm-hmm. it's giving me like goosebumps. Like you can, yeah. I want. Yeah. I want the intro of this album, which so far it's it's turning out to be, to not only set the tone for the album, but to let you know this album's gonna make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's gonna make you feel weird feelings. It's not gonna be happy. It's gonna be something more dramatic and mm-hmm. it's gonna be something intense. I want it to be a journey. Yeah. Whereas like I would say that Black to Gold is very much like intense in the way of like vocal capacity it's very much like it's a different emotion like the opening to uh awake wide awake wide awake yep bang but the opening to wide awake i love it it's just kind of rises like oh Oh, hyper ballad is hyper ballad is my favorite track on the album yeah i mean Mm -hmm. it's just so good oh (laughs) it's it was so like i i remember it's also just like i never thought like so i'm the oldest in the group by like several years and really yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like Connor, Connor, Courtney, and Leah are all like twenty five. Really? And I'm like, oh wow! Hanging out in my thirties. Nobody else in the group is thirty. I <laughs> didn't know that. Like I thought, like not to say I'm, I'm the oldest. And so it was yeah. just one of those things where, like, when they actually suggested a Bjork song, I was like, oh, yeah, my era. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, no, it's so good. Like it was, like I remember listening to the first like fifteen seconds of that track. I was like, okay. We're in for a ride here, and it and it was like you're, 
wide awake is just such an is such a journey. It's such a good feeling journey of not only nostalgia, but also just wow. Like th- this is all vocals. This is not instrumentals. It, it's just amazing the capacity like all of you have as as musicians, just just with your with your face holes, and it's amazing <laughs> in that way. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it, it's we have a very in-your-face style. Like we're very belt-heavy, so it's like yes. a high-stakes, high-intensity sort of cover of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that we have learned about that and are sort of coming to terms with as a group that wants to like get paid to gig is that we can't do that yeah. for an hour-long show. True, true. <laughs> like you get real wiped out, and so mm-hmm. then you're on the last song of the show, and you're trying to give like the biggest ending, but your voice is like. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I can't. So we are currently in process of trying to arrange more upbeat tracks because we do not have enough upbeats and all of the upbeat songs we have are my solos. And so we end up having too much of me in every show. And then I'm tired by the end of the show and I don't want to sing that many solos because I'm just like, please give me a break in the back. Like, I just don't want to do it. What's, um, what's your most favorite song to perform? Oh gosh. Um, or at least like the top like two or three even. Uh, I think I really like, I really like wide awake, like the arrangement yes. wide awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my part in it is just so fun to sing. I don't even know if you really hear it that much. Cause mm-hmm. I'm not the solo. I just have those sort of counter melody in the back mm-hmm. during yeah. the choruses, but like, it's just such a fun part. I just really enjoy singing it. There's like little moments where I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really like that one. Um, I think of my solos levels is probably my favorite. It's Mm. the first one I ever had with the group, but like levels is one of those songs where I had to conquer a lot of uh, self-esteem stuff with it because Mm. it's like covering a Nick Jonas pop song. So coming into the group, I already kind of didn't think of myself as like a, a pop singer or like a good pop singer. Like I thought of myself as musical theater and I thought of them as two very distinctly different worlds. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I thought it was going to be a struggle, but Connor had asked me for like my first solo. He was like, send me like five songs that you'd be interested in and I'll see which one inspires me. And I had like picked out four and then I was like, hey, I need a fifth one. And then levels ended up being the fifth one that I was like, I mean, I really like this song and it would be, I, I could probably figure out how to sing it. Mm-hmm. And so I tossed on there that, of course, that's the one he picks. Yes. Um, and so then I'm like, ah, I have to figure out how to do this. And like, I, we don't have a, we don't have an officially, well, we have a music video where it was, it was mixed in studio, but that was a while back. Mm-hmm. We do have a live recording of it on Spotify. And if you listen through like the number of times I have to flip over my vocal break, like that entire song is just like up to your head voice, down to your belt voice, up to your head voice (laughs) over here. Like it's like (laughs) crazy vocal agility kind of stuff that like uses my entire range and should hypothetically be really, really exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But something in, and then I had to counter also the idea of like Nick Jonas is, um, Nick Jonas is very attractive. (laughs) For one. (laughs) <laughs> and so like my first performances of that song i was just like trying to like try to get to a spot where i felt as attractive or like like i was even living up to being that attractive which is not important which yeah. is not a thing with yeah. the song and i should yeah. just be myself while performing it but i had it took me a long time to get through that mental hurdle too mm-hmm. but now like two years is it two years or three years maybe it's three years now mm. since we it's i think it's three years i think we really came like made that arrangement in 2020 oh, um so 
having sung it for three years now, it's been a staple. It's been one of our only upbeats, so it gets performed at a lot of our mm-hmm. shows. Oh, my God. Yeah. How crazy rangy it is and how difficult it should be, it's actually, like, the easiest song for me to sing. It is. Really? It's, like, this effortless, just, like, get up and my voice knows exactly what it's doing mm-hmm. and I don't even think about it or push yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. It's lovely to have a song that feels like it's so in the pocket. Your muscle memory is, like, so mm-hmm. ready to go with it. Um you know, to somebody who's a singer in the audience, it probably still comes across as impressive because mm-hmm. I'm like yeah, going so crazy. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like I'm working at all. Yeah. Um, which is nice because then I'm able to have like fun with it versus mm-hmm. Stronger is also a crazy like blow you out of the water so- song. Yeah. I have not gotten to a point where that song is not effort. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that song is effort. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It, it's such a good though. It, it's such a good cover of Stronger. Yeah. Um. Like I, I remember like when he first released it as a single, I was like, Oh, they're they're cooking. They're cooking. They're going <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Oh my god. No, although I good. will say the other the other two songs that we don't have in any official releases, but they're little short snippets um that I really like performing are I mean the Pokemon theme song. I was what a dream when we did the Pokemon theme song. We just put it out on social media real quick, but we throw it into shows every once in a while. Oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. And it's just like I have a Pokemon hat and I'll like do the spin around and I just like am so stupid with hey, it. Yes. Um, and then uh, Welcome to the Black Parade, My Chemical Romance yeah. was another yeah. one that like is an insanely taxing song on the voice until my voice figured it out. And yeah. now I just like yeah. wail it. Yeah. And it's so yeah. fun. And every millennial in the audience like jams out to it mm-hmm. as soon as we start it so yeah it's great I, I can't stand people who say like you know jar away like his voice isn't that good like it's so overrated i'm like are you insane yeah. what what are you smoking and get yeah. out of my life immediately these are like the same people that like i mean look there are people that will detract from literally any singer there are people that like celine dion's not that good and i'm like you're incorrect you yeah. actually don't get to have an opinion you've revoked your right to opinions yeah by saying that out loud <laughs> Like I can't think of a professional artist, like someone who's gotten to the professional status, where I would say, like, you know what, they're overrated. It's like, I, they're professional, and yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Like, even um, I I can't even think of it. Apparently, a good amount of people along the way have decided that they're better than you. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I will say, like, probably the the best band out there right now in terms of like instrumentals is Polyphia right now. Like have have you uh have you heard of them? So I don't think so. So because I'm in like music production a lot mm-hmm. on YouTube and I'm just like picking up tips or like putting me out to like different artists, mm-hmm. including uh Polyphia, which uh frontman Tim Henson just okay. Not to be confused with Jim Henson. I know yeah, right <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like Tim Henson. Is it is <laughs> it just yeah. a it's his brother? It's Animal is still the drummer of this band. <laughs> right. Honestly. But like Tim Henson, when I watched him play guitar, it's just like it. If you are a professional guitarist, you just want to like throw your guitars out the windows. Like I will never be it because he's so game changing in the way he sets up in um uh inversion chords onto mm. his uh onto his guitar. That he'll just fly through it. Like yeah. the song "Playing God," it, it's so complex in music theory that I I you can't explain it because this kid. He's 28 years old, mm-hmm. and he first of all, he's 28. He looks like he's 17. Of course. So he's got the the skin of a Greek god for some reason, <laughs> but like it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So like when when you think of that, it's like when you get to the professional status, you 
performed you've you've crafted you've you've done mm -hmm. everything you can to get to that professional status so when somebody says to a professional artist like oh they're overrated like no because they spend time and time and time and time again to get to that level mm -hmm. no you're wrong mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like billy joel armstrong billy billy joel yeah. armstrong yeah Is billy that joe it? armstrong billy joe that didn't you're doing right. a before and after jeopardy category <laughs> yeah billy joel <laughs> Billy Joel Armstrong. <laughs> Billy Joel. Uh, Billy Joel Armstrong is a talented artist. Whether yeah. you think that he's good or not, he got to the professional status. Yeah, it is what exactly. it is. I also think that like people get confused whether like the question of whether someone is talented or not versus whether you personally like their music or not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The answer to one can be different than the other. Yes. And that's exactly. Okay. They can be talented <laughs> and still overrated. Yeah. Like, it's the, I mean, it's the same as like, I mean, this is the whole, not, not, not that we need to get into like a discussion of like whether cancel culture is correct, but this is the whole thing of like the internet's moralism of like mm -hmm. trying to make a group decision as to what, whether a person should exist anymore or not because yeah. of something yeah. they did. Like there are some things that it's like, okay, was that a thing that was offensive to you? Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah then you do not need to include that person in your life. You are perfectly, exactly. it is valid for you to write that person out of your life. It's valid for you to say you choose not to indulge in their art or whatever yeah. thing they do. It's valid to say you're going to block them online and not look at their stuff and you don't like that. Like, that's all fine. Yeah. But was it like, did they murder? I don't know. Like, did they do something that is like, needs to be universally cut yeah. out of society versus just cut out of your life. Yeah. And then you just don't worry about them. Stop worrying about what other people do with them. Just you don't worry about, you know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. there's, there's a line and a nuance there. And I think that happens with artists too, is like, what's the difference between like your opinion of their art mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. an, an objective view of like, do they have talent? <laughs> yeah. Like I, People and why are you the arbiter of who has talent? Yeah, yeah. Like I had this argument a lot of times when I was a teenager and I was like, it, it came out of jealousy when I was a teenager. I was like, well, how come they go? And, and when I you're don't... a teenager, you're always right. Yeah. Like when you're a teenager, it's just like, it's True. what it is. But we have like people. And in if you're 30s. me, you're still always right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, but I don't know. So, so one question I did want to ask you, Andrew. Of course, um, since we're on the uh, avenue of art, I'm on I'm on this story arc of my life where I I feel like like I want to go all in on on the music and I want to go all in on arts and creating uh, like creating stories and all that. But I, working in a restaurant, you know, it's just like hindering that. Uh -huh. So you're on on a path where you are going all in on your music, but you're working an IT job. My question to you is that am I am I right or am I wrong? Where if you were working a restaurant or some kind of like uh, service industry job, do you think you would struggle creatively? Do you think it would wouldn't even change anything? Like what what's your opinion now that you're in this status? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking as speaking as someone who spent eight years working in the service industry while trying to be like an actor, musician, comedian in New York, I didn't do I didn't do things like yeah. I mm -hmm. I did get shows. There were days where I was able to like push myself to go to an audition, mm -hmm. and then I would get cast in a show. And like I had my off Broadway show that I performed in for like five years, mm -hmm. but that was like yes, I was able to put the work in because then once I was cast in it, then I have someone else arbitrarily relying on me 
And me as a human, if somebody else, if I'm accountable to another person, I will never let you down. If yes. I'm accountable to me, I will always <laughs> let me down. <laughs> I feel that. I'm really bad at motivating myself for myself. So yeah. I was, I, I would get cast in a show and I would put my all into a show. And I think like, I was generally proud of the performances that I came up with. And I generally had, you know, people who wanted to work with me again and people who would put me in the next show they were doing and stuff like that. So that was all good. But I had other actor friends and like what we had always been told in theater school, as much as theater school is mostly 80% of what you learn in theater school is wrong. Um, yeah. But <laughs> like, it's just not helpful because it's not realistic to I mean, like the actuality of, of pursuing this. Yeah. 80% of it's like school period. Is just yeah. not applicable yeah. in in real life. But you were saying, um, it, it was it was one of those things where like I would hear about other people, you know, who were constantly working on like their monologues and constantly getting their website going, constantly going to like I have a voice lesson and then an acting lesson and then a this, mm -hmm. constantly practicing this or doing self tapes at home or doing this thing at home and like using their free time and like honing their craft more. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. Yeah, mm -hmm. because I was so tired yes. by how much I was doing mm -hmm. and physically how much I was doing and the emotional toll that restaurant mm -hmm. environments end up taking mm -hmm. over time. Even like like my one, you know, Ruby Tuesday was its own thing. Ruby Tuesday was an emotional toll oh, for minute yeah. number one. And you were in Times but, Square. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, that was a choice. Um, <laughs> but like my second restaurant, well, no, Ruby Tuesday was like my second restaurant. I guess it was my fifth. Oh my god, <laughs> my fifth restaurant. <laughs> but the other restaurant after Ruby Tuesday that I spent three years working at, the first year I didn't feel the emotional toll as strongly. I still mm -hmm. think it was there, mm -hmm. but it was a better environment. It wasn't mm -hmm. so terrible. But even with it being a better environment, with it being enough money, with me being not a, like I wasn't having to work my way up from host to make it to bartender. Like I was already a server bartender. I had the shifts I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like I was fine. Even with all of that, like past a year, it really just started like I just couldn't do it. I can I can only I personally learned that I can only do so much of like dealing with customer service and people yeah. in that kind of capacity because like you just get people abusing you. You get mm -hmm. you. There's an emotional toll every time you get stiffed on a tip. There's oh. an emotional toll every time you have to like have a customer yell in your face about something that was wrong mm -hmm. on the order that you didn't even do or mm -hmm. like or maybe you did make a mistake and you get screamed at and it's like I made a mistake and I'm doing my best to fix it for you know it was like it's just a it's just a hard mm -hmm. environment and there are people that can do it I'm not one of those people um yeah. Yeah. and it just drained all my energy mm -hmm. so like my mm -hmm. creative energy like putting stuff together I couldn't I just didn't do things I wanted to write music and I would go home and I would down and play video games and mm -hmm. I wanted to do this and then I would just like sit around and read a book and go comatose like I couldn't yeah bring myself to you put in extra recharge. time and really devote yeah because yeah. Yeah. then I'm also on top of all that like aging and <laughs> therefore trying to like get a, a healthy eating routine and a workout routine because things mm -hmm. these things are becoming more important year to year mm -hmm. clean my apartment figure out what my life looks like. like any of those kind of like just organizational adult things were also like errands were so much harder because I just didn't have time and I was overworked and overbooking myself well, and um this is just precious because <laughs> there he is <laughs> there he goes um there we go yeah so it was a lot. It was a lot of, um, I, it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. And it was sort of a, a revelation. I think when I, 
uh, so in 2019, I actually quit the restaurant in order to just try to be a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of a mess in and of itself because like freelancing means that you constantly have to look for your next job because none of your jobs are permanent jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's its own job. Oh. And so again, I didn't have the time I wanted. Yeah. Um, but once COVID happened, like here's the thing, being unemployed sucked. I hated being unemployed for two years. It was a very rough time. Mentally, it was very taxing, but I also had the time to work through my stress and my anxiety and depression and find a time throughout 16 hours of being awake that I did go for a run or Mm -hmm. I did get a a habit going somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, wow, when I actually have all of this time in the world, I will do things for myself. Right. But when I'm overtaxed and I'm giving all my energy to other people, I'm not going to do anything just for me Mm -hmm. because I don't have anything left to give myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then speaking now as a person who's working in an IT job, that's more of a nine to five. It's, it's two sided, right? Mm -hmm. We've, we black to gold had a discussion at the beginning of this year about what 2023 is going to look like for us and, and how we want to take our momentum of releasing an album. And the, the first part is we want to take this momentum and we want to ride it. And all of us, have said if the opportunity arises and we are have a situation where we can do black to gold full time Mm -hmm. and make enough money to live off of we want to try to pursue that like Mm -hmm. all of us is willing to do that but Mm. we have also at the same regard said we're not willing to be starving artists to do so Mm -hmm. because that lifestyle takes up so much of our energy that we're then not going to be able to give what we need to yeah yeah um so the nine to fives are i mean and then it's now this year is a weird balance of like we want to do lots of gigs and actually make money but also none of us can do during the weekdays and a lot of weekends are busy and so so it's really hard to figure out like we're kind of in this weird transitional period that we need to figure out how to navigate Mm -hmm. but we haven't yet yeah um and that's the journey but i think for me the the realization really was like you can have a restaurant job because it feels like it offers you the flexibility and like the money is, is, you know, good mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in the, the hell of it all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, you know, my thing was like, great, I can get rid of a shift whenever I need to. And I can go to this thing. And, and sure. I don't think I could be an actor with mm-hmm. a nine to five job because getting to auditions during the middle of the day and oh, like that yeah, kind of stuff, yeah. that's its own schedule. Yeah. But as a musician, working with an acapella group and everybody else also has 95 jobs. We're only rehearsing on nights and weekends. Yeah. We're only yeah. gigging on nights and weekends. Yeah. I have a job that has paid time off so I can actually yes. take a day off for a gig if mm-hmm. I need to. So frankly, I now have a job that I feel is a better environment for me. I feel like I excel more in and therefore feel better about myself as a worker and as a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And therefore I have more to give when it comes to black to gold, which I'm trying to do stuff for on the yeah. side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been a very positive move for me in, in that field. That was a really long winded answer to your question. No, that that's... is okay. Cause it confirmed everything we've been saying to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Just because like, like to, to give you that example, cause I've been trying to get in Liz's job um, mm-hmm. with a like work from home and it's a, it's a nine to five. Well, it's an eight to five with an hour break. And I'm sure. just like, and I would be home so I can just come down to the studio and do things. Mm-hmm. But like when I tell you, that releasing that that holiday special in three weeks wor- working as a line cook was the hardest thing I've had to do in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And even yep. then, it's like some of the mixing might not be good, but because I was working in a restaurant, I couldn't give my all into that. So those three weeks were pretty taxing 
on me just to write, produce, uh, work with three different people on that album, including you, Marcus, which I love your track. I really do. But the opening track with me and Marcus is probably my favorite because it was unscripted. And I just told Marcus, like, hey, like you're 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 a manager. He's like, okay, you're a manager in a coffee shop. He's like, okay, okay, here we go. And I gave him the cue, and it was completely off script. So mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of fun to do. But anyways, but like for that example, for the for the intro, I I told the story on the podcast before where uh, that the original night we were supposed to record, my job said like, oh, we're down a man. Can you like stay three hours later? Mm-hmm. Always. And I'm just like, great. So I had to text Marcus, like, can we rearrange and do something else? Because it's that threat, especially for, for servers. I see all you out there. Mm-hmm. Most servers I hate. I hate servers <laughs> so much. That's correct. I do too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but there's the ones that I do like, I tell them to their face, like, I appreciate her, your hard work. I like how apologetic you are. And I will apologize too when I make a mistake. You know, that's beyond the point, but. I make it known like, hey, you're a good worker. I appreciate you. Um, but as a line cook, uh, it's just taxing. There's a lot of people. You see a person come in. It's like, I don't want to cook for you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. cook. Um, so when you say that, like, you just come home and you just go comatose and you just want to, like, binge watch something or play a game. Like, I've been playing Skate 3 more than ever. Mm-hmm. But it's... Yeah, no, it's just um, you get home from a restaurant gig and it's just you're just so emotionally taxed that whenever I tell Liz, like, OK, I'm going to get in the studio like I'm motivated, like mm-hmm. I can motivate myself, like I'm going to get in the studio. I'm going to chip away at album writing and I just can't mm-hmm. like I really just can't. And it's just like yep. one of those things I'm like, OK, is it the restaurant? Is it something wrong with me? Uh, because I worked in a restaurant um writing the essence of life however that restaurant gave me weekends off so it was a monday through friday yeah. i was off by four o'clock i had weekends so it was more stable and that's why i got essence of life out but the consistency of a routine is not yeah. something you should underestimate oh yeah no <laughs> the past three weeks like my schedule has been so whack like yeah. like one yeah. week it's off monday and sunday then the next week it's off thursday and saturday then this week it's off tuesday wednesday mm-hmm. and there's like the 12 hour shifts in between and it's just like going back and forth i'm like i'm exhausted mm-hmm. so like thinking about working just that plane nine to five work from mm-hmm. home I just feel like I'll have a lot more energy to put into the music rather than like, okay, getting myself ready to go and pretty much perform. Like I have to like be on my A game because, oh, look, uh, walking in a 20 top and you got to cook for all of them. I'm like, cool, cool. And what are they ordering? Oh, they're all ordering spaghetti. That's just great. Yeah. I I lost it. So this was this happened the other day where uh, an older woman um, brought back a burger and she said, I wanted it well done. And I said, my man, it is well done. Hmm. But she wants it well, well done. I'm like, Uh girl, girl, girl. Stop. I'm sorry. So you want me to re-murder the cow? Is that what you want me to? Yeah. (laughs) I once had an order for chase the coals. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I got an order for butter noodles, but no butter in it. Just noodles. Just noodles. I was like, are you? You're paying $18 for a plate of noodles. That's just great. Um, But yeah, no, like you said, like restaurant work is just very taxing. No matter what um, position you are, because I worked as a general manager. I worked as a server dishwasher i'm working back of house front of house like i'm working all these stations no matter where you work in a restaurant it's just it's emotionally taxing so trying to Mm -hmm. do um trying to do something in the arts is just how do you do it Mm -hmm. how do you do it because hollywood movies they're just like oh yeah i'm a i'm a a starving actor and i work as a server i'm like how yeah how it's just although have you have you watched um uh tick tick boom yet no oh so good my brother in christ i've only heard great things about it i just i i'm very bad at watching stuff <laughs> my <laughs> i feel that this is it's something not it's not on my special skills of my resume if i, oh. if I didn't if i wasn't married to adam and live with him I would rewatch the same three shows over and over again yeah. and forget to watch any movie that I ever wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, let's let's watch this. No, you you have to watch Tick Tick Boom, dude. It's um uh, what what's the man's name? Andrew Garfield. No, no, no. The the creator behind Rent. Oh. Well yeah. now I don't remember. Uh, Jonathan Larson. Yes. 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 It's it's his story of how he was writing Rent and how like like the struggle with it. So well, no, the, he was actually writing the musical before Rent. Yeah, so so Tick Tick Boom is the one man show that he performed, yeah. tell, and he was telling the story of his up and coming into uh, show business and like the the struggles that he had and um, his girlfriend, his best friend, mm-hmm. and uh, the struggles of writing um, like a Hollywood uh, Hollywood yeah. um, a Broadway. Broadway. Thank you, uh, a Broadway <laughs> musical, and and all those struggles, and he's turning thirty. Like the whole time mm-hmm. he's 29 turning 30 and it, th- he wants his big break now. Yeah. And man, it hits so freaking hard at like our age, like us in the and triangle here. you can here. tell it's his music because it is so similar to Rent. Like you can tell that these factors of his life inspired Rent, but also the music is very similar to Rent's music. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. after watching, I'm like, can I watch Rent now? Yes. <laughs> like it's all I wanted. <laughs> So I like Andrew. You gotta watch yeah. Tick Tick Boom. It's very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's it's. But it, it, get get ready to get depressed with it though. Yeah, be in a good headspace before you go in. Yeah, watching good to know. it in a bad headspace is just gonna make you swallow in a hole of depression for the night. Which, if that's what you're going for, yeah. Now you know. <laughs> but I was trying to find. I've spent the like the last little bit also scrolling through Yelp. I wanted to give people a sense of. The type of people you can deal with in a restaurant. Oh, I'm, here I'm we trying go. to find this one particular, very iconic Yelp review that came in while I was working at this restaurant. Go for to it. To do a dramatic reading, and I cannot find it. I don't oh. know if it got deleted. It might have gotten deleted. Maybe. But it was like. It was the most. It was just the way that they wrote it. They like were so specific about their language with it. It was. <sighs> It was they were they kept talking about like the the residual pork drippings in like, oh like all this like oh. Um I think it I feel like the first line of it was just like if this review had a tagline it would start off 
as not seen on TV. Oh, <laughs> oh my boy. god! Wow, you got us. And then like, oh my god! I think I think it like concluded it was like, and even the bathroom was painted in various shades of lobster and biscuits. And I was like, what are you talking? What does that about? even mean? <laughs> Truly don't know. Truly oh don't know. But they god. were mad that like a burger had gotten ordered without bacon and it came out with bacon on it. Like they were mad oh. about that. That was I, the whole thing that inspired a five-paragraph essay on Yelp. Oh, my god! And then we, like, took it back and gave them a different burger. Oh. I don't know. Maybe like, the, I think the kitchen, basically, I think what happened is probably they had one of the lazier chefs on that night, and I think the burger got taken back, and they just took the bacon off and tried to bring the burger back oh my god. <laughs> to the table, and people were like, no. No. Um, which, you know, but which, fair, you know, but also, ruined her I don't life. Know. It was just funny. We did a, so many dramatic readings of that review at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, that's the thing. It's like customers are just so, I hate people. Like, mm-hmm. I hate it. Like, I know I can open up a restaurant. I have the food know-how yeah. to do a business in food. Like, I can do it. I just don't want to deal with those yeah. people. Like, yeah. I can't. The fact that someone came in and just got elbow macaroni noodles with red sauce on it, that's what they wanted. I'm just like, no. No, I can't That's feed these not a people. Meal. <laughs> I can't feed these people. I swear, I'll open up a restaurant and it'll have paella in it. And they're like, chicken fingers and french fries. It's like, I don't want to serve you. I don't want to serve you. <laughs> but, oh my God. Like, that's the thing. It's just, people are awful. People are just awful. Yeah. It is what it is. It, it We live in a world of awful. Yeah. You know, since pandemic, of course. You know, before pandemic, people were just fine. Oh yeah, definitely. And definitely, definitely, definitely. But Andrew, do you have any questions for us? Um, why are you guys so cool? <laughs> you know, we're just born that way. Well, you know, <laughs> did I ever show you? So speaking of that, like, so like all the people at the restaurant, they were um sharing old pictures of each other, like because you know I live in a small town, they have like baby pictures of each other and all that. And um, they're just like, oh, look at this. It's so embarrassing. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know what all y'all are talking about. And they're like, why? And I show them my kid picture from the 90s. Oh. That is incredible. Yes. Cool dude, Adam. Um, is that just a candid picture? Like, that just happened? You were just wearing that, and then that picture happened? That's my grandfather's uh, house that he built, and that's the pillar outside. So I'm just wearing, like, the little it's suit. It's probably Easter or something. Yeah, Easter. Look at him go. I'm just like, bro, I was I was getting mad ladies so so yeah, much. seven. <laughs> at seven. Actually, Not the mad ladies. Fun, fun story. Um, Liz was one of the first women to reject me when i asked her out oh my gosh you're never gonna look <laughs> five it. times we've been together for 14 years five and he times. still talks still about stuck this. on it <laughs> i'm just like like we we dated we're married because like i had my line because like you know it always worked with you know getting girls so it's like hey i'm a lead guitarist in the band you know and i had the long hair and i had the black and i had um the you had cut all that hair off so you lost that I did. if you had had that hair you might have gotten me a little sooner but i was just mm. like bald <laughs> i was bald-headed at that point I was like hey i'm a i'm a lead guitarist they're like that's nice and it just like walked away i was like His whoa and didn't have a singer the singer left at that time and yeah. so oh. like coming from like my dad was in a band my whole life so that's really not impressive to me 
but also my dad was in a band my entire life. My dad was a singer. I yeah. was a singer. Like your band has no singer. How are you a band? <laughs> what are you what doing? Are you, like, what are you doing? Like, how do you have, like, to me, like, especially at the time, like I was 15, I was shallow. I was like, how do you have, like, who listens to music? Who listens to that type of music without a singer? Instrumentals. Yeah. Like, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, so I didn't find it impressive at all. <laughs> so follow-up question to Andrew's question. Andrew, why are you so cool? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> it's, all worry, it's all a facade. It's all a facade. It's all just lies. Like, I mean, if you really just, if you look through, <laughs> I feel like my Twitter is now just a window into, like, how how deep the, the like no. tunnels of nerdiness i will go down like <laughs> Bro, i'm not talking about anything emblem. important anymore i'm not even talking about black to gold on my twitter anymore no. i'm just coming on and been like i just spent the last 15 hours doing this weird challenge run in fire emblem <laughs> this is what happened <laughs> bro when you said that tweet hold on let me let me bring it up before i i need to quote it because i thought someone in your life died you're like man <laughs> rip oh, i can't bring up your page Oh no. oh no! Yeah, I don't remember what I said, but I just said I murdered a bunch of people, basically. <laughs> I know you're like man. Because was... in the game, so Fire Emblem is like this thing where in the series, it, it's not so much anymore. Like the newer Fire Emblem games have the option between casual or classic, and casual is just like if your characters die in a battle, they just retreat for the battle. They don't die; oh. they just like get too hurt. I have it. And classic <laughs> is when they die and they're gone from your game for good. So the challenge I was doing had to do with you have to, if the character dies, let them be gone. Because like, here's the thing. I used to not want anyone to die. So I would just reset the entire game and replay the chapter if I lost people. Um, So this this challenge run is specifically me forcing myself to like, let people be casualties of war if I fail (laughs) to guide them well. Um, Go ahead and read. So the first things I saw were I thought I really thought. And then I see at the bottom... R.I.P. And I was like, oh, my God, who died? Like, I was, like, feeling so bad for Andrew. But then it reads, I thought, I really thought I was handling the Iron Man of of Fire Emblem Fates birthright much better than awakening with minimal losses. But then all the flyers charged me at once on the boat chapter. Rip Hana slash Karago. K- K- Kaguro. Kaguro. <laughs> Kaguro. <laughs> slash K's. I've been so excited about how your stats have been growing. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was just like, okay. I mean, if you go to the tweet before that, it's literally like there's a cast of like, I don't know, 40 characters in Fire yes. Emblem Awakening, and I murdered about 30. Yes, I, yeah, I, I see that, that right one. there. I was like, what is happening? He's like, so oh, this is all yeah. I do with my life yeah. that's actually interesting enough that I feel like I should tweet about it. <laughs> I said, I was like, here's, here's the thing I'll tell you. If someone in my life actually dies, I don't tweet out an RIP tweet. <laughs> I, yeah. Twitter's like the last I place I'm visiting during the tweets that time. Now, if, you, if there are people out there listening that do this, whatever makes you feel good at that time, fine. But I don't understand when I see a tweet, it's like, my husband died last night. I'm like, what the hell are you doing on Twitter? Yeah. Why so, are you here? Why, like, what? <laughs> my mom died this morning. Okay. Yeah, I, I would never like if if my mom died, which my mom listens to this. Hi, mom. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Just don't. Um, but yeah, like I won't be like my mom died. <gasps> well, let me tweet about it. The hashtag rip, and then just send yeah. like what? It this morning or last yeah. night? Why? Like, are I've you seen here? those multiple times. Like my mom died this morning. I'm like, what the hell? 
I I think I think if somebody died, you wouldn't hear from me for a, for a while, and then maybe like the week after, like, hey, I've been silent. Like my mom just passed away, so yeah. th- there it is. Yeah, like the, I don't know. I would just kind of move on from or that. Even like the two most recent deaths in your life was your my grandfather dad and, and your my grandfather. Kid. Yeah, you didn't tweet about it. You made video when you came in. We did a podcast or video. You talked about it. I started this podcast because my my dad died. Exactly, yeah. but you didn't tweet about it, like my dad died this morning. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> like I remember thinking, like the the morning my dad died and we were about to do games and groceries. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't feel like I would be human if I did a games and groceries, mm-hmm. but like talking on a podcast, it's the way I express things. So yeah, I was like, why don't I start a, a new thing? And because you were, cause you, cause games and groceries is putting on a facade. It's putting on that happy, mm-hmm. cr- like just crazy personality. Whereas on this, it's like, it's more you with whatever's going on in our life. We talk about. Yeah. Right. But yeah, games and groceries are like, Oh, like, what did I say on Games of Grocery? It's like, uh, what is good? Yeah. All yeah. our listeners and viewers. Like you what? had to be like, up. Yeah. And I, I'm out of, and I'm Liz, and my dad just died. We're <laughs> going to talk about the gaming news. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I, I miss that intro. I forgot what I said. Like, like oh, listeners, like, welcome back to the game. Uh, man, I, I, I have to rewatch those. Which, by the way, Games of Groceries is still getting listens, and yeah. I don't know why. I'm sure Good Game, Great Game yep. is still getting listens, and I'm like, yep, that that would be. We, we still get like the Buzzsprout emails. It was like this, how many, this many downloads? And I'm like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do? I'm like, do you not pay, realize that we haven't put out a new episode? Why are you investing in this? It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> why? These games are old at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nothing we're talking about is relevant. <laughs> Because, like, at the same time, it's, like, also how? Because ours, like, our podcasts were relatively small. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, how did you? Yeah. How Where did, did you, you find, find us? Like, I don't understand. In fact, I think a Good Game, Great Game always had more listeners than Games and Groceries. I, I think you were, like, like definitely a step up from us. So even with Games and Groceries, I'm, like, how? How? Mm-hmm. How? Why? Yeah. But, like. I was never sure. I couldn't even really tell. I feel like we had, like four or five people that consistently tweeted at us in response yeah. to our episodes. And I was like, so we have five listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was my, that was my only concept of how often people listen to us. Yeah. Same. Which good for Dan on the greatest story ever played. He is marching on. Mm-hmm. Like he is yeah. still rocking the blue yet. Yeti still rocking like the, the same kind oh, of yeah. games. I'm just like, man, that, that guy is going. He's got his Patreon. Yeah. I was like, dang dude like he is going like i'm 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 proud of dan for like keep on marching on mm-hmm. like uh for sure. i unfortunately have fallen off of listening to dan's podcast like i it's just i don't have the time as i did anymore you know yeah i mean like here's the thing i did not listen to podcasts before i made like started making good game great game with zach and kevin i just like yeah. podcasts were not a media form that i cared about or consumed and then like any podcast listening that i do now is because i want to support my friends but like they do yeah. not naturally work into my life or my like they're yeah. just not it's not a medium that just like because there are people that will do it it's just as they're going for a walk or as they're commuting like they just yeah. put on a po- for me commuting is music time like yes. i need mm-hmm. my music time i don't put on podcasts while I'm like doing stuff around the house. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's not a natural way that they like work into my day and like engage me enough. And so I just, if 
Not that I'm saying like, mm, if I listen to your podcast, you should be so grateful. Yeah, but I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, like anytime I actually do listen to podcasts, it's not regular, but it's me trying to like support someone. Yeah. I never will just yeah. find a random podcast with people I don't know anymore and just pick it up. That's just not going to happen in my life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that, that's the thing. It's like I'll listen to mainly CADcast and the Nintendo podcasts. Like I, I mm-hmm. like those two. Uh, but even then, like there will be some weeks I'm like, I just I just can't because, mm-hmm. you know, working in a restaurant can't have my earphones in with somebody talking to me like like we need like 70 spaghettis it's like what's that chef i can't hear you i'm listening to the nintendo podcast what yeah. what's that i'm listening yeah. to the greatest story ever played podcast i can't hear you right now yeah. so goodbye but i i just can't i'm not in that environment but yeah it's unfortunate that like we we lived in a different life back in 20 like 17 oh, yeah. 2017 yeah. 2018 it was a different life that we lived and unfortunately yeah that life changed and mm-hmm. i can't keep up with my now all that to say if good game great game came back yeah i would be listening to that i would make time to go listen to the good game great game wherever kevin is who know who knows where he is <laughs> but i think if good game great game were to come back which has been tossed about many times and never capitalized on in any way shape or form like Mm -hmm. it's always been like hey we should record something this week and then the next time zach and i text each other is two months later Uh, (laughs) yeah 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 so it's always that sort of thing so it's been talked about but i I don't know that it's ever going to happen if it happens it's going to be it's kevin's not going to be involved i don't think kevin wants to do it anymore in any way shape or form um zach it would probably be either zach and me or there was an attempt at a revival for a rotating cast of good game great game there was a thing we had a text thread it yeah. went that far. Oh, wow. And we actually brainstormed like three different game options and even said, maybe we'll start with this one. And then that's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> that thing. was like two years ago at this point. Yeah. <laughs> that type of podcast, I can't even imagine just like playing through a game within like a week or two and then talking yeah. about it within like the nine to five like route. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I don't I don't know if I could do it, man, but with games and groceries, it was a little bit easier. The the one thing I would cut out is movie minutes, to, mm-hmm. just because like oh sure every time it's just like oh we have to do a movie movie minutes you know like we, oh we have to yeah um, but it was a lot easier for us because we're married we live in the same house we're in the same space our schedule mm-hmm. coincides with each other's because that's how we created our life yeah and right. but like right now because I work mm-hmm. such a weird schedule then. I don't match hers anymore. It just, yeah, it just oh doesn't gosh. work out. But the the games of groceries was easier to do again because like I could script it out. Like, oh, the game news of this week, yeah. boom, I can yeah. write that out. I uh, I just have to email a guest and like just let them know what we're talking about mm-hmm. and just like here's the talking points, you know, or like it, it was so much smoother. But your guys's format, I was like, I can't imagine, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do that like i mean that was what made it unsustainable right like it was it was hard you know and i i still managed to get a certain amount of enjoyment out of the games um yeah but i think doing like and i think trying to go back to that now would be hard on me Mm -hmm. yeah i think i have now i think that podcasts renewed a bit of my relationship with video games as like a form of relaxation and a form mm-hmm. of media that I still want to engage with. But mm-hmm. also I COVID times really took me into a, 
oh right i yeah. knew i want to use the i want to play a video game in a way that's fun for me i want to only play the thing that feels fun for me in that moment if that means that i didn't finish the game i was playing last week oh well i want to exactly. play this one right now yeah. maybe i'll come back to it maybe i won't um yeah. am i gonna 100 percent complete it oh i don't know maybe yeah. not mm -hmm. i'm gonna do what's enjoyable because i need to relax yeah. exactly exactly been the shift and so so going back to a thing of like well you have to play through this game i'm not sure i would <laughs> take I to it as well yeah because yeah. the one episode i was on with um the uh, the the gardens between yeah like yes. oh we did that one even that playing through it in time i was like oh man i'm struggling right now and that was like a shorter game yeah it was a shorter game and i was can like can you imagine dragon quest 11 150 hours do you know what dude. my commitment to this podcast was i oh know gosh. i still to this day though the best episode was the um uh the drunk episode with guessing <laughs> um kingdom hearts yeah like you, like uh zach had to do because you're a bartender you had your your theme drinks ready uh ready yes. at hand and Zach had to tell us what Kingdom Hearts is about, and if you got if he got it wrong, he had to take a shot. So, uh, Kingdom Hearts to try to even explain how many games there are in Kingdom Hearts, not even the plot, but how many games yeah. are in Kingdom mm -hmm. Hearts. It's such a complex thing to talk about. Yeah. Just the amount of yeah. games. Uh, well, I was on I was on um, Rainbow Road, and we did a Kingdom Hearts episode, yes. and it was. Oh, Rainbow completely Road. sober yes. attempt to explain yeah. the plot of Kingdom Hearts with people with me and Travis who have played it many many times. Yeah. Yes, and it was still incredibly difficult. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because yeah. the plot just doesn't make sense. Like there are threads that don't connect, and it is yeah. nonsensical, yeah. and it's that kind of thing. And it's one of those things where, like, unless you are immersed in the world of Kingdom Hearts, you don't understand why it's good. Yeah. Because when you're mm -hmm. saying it out loud, you're like, "Oh, this is is this awful? Is it a mess?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't Zach get... did not make it through. He didn't. No. He didn't get there. And Zach was not okay the next day. <laughs> no, it, he wasn't he okay was... later that night. Like, let's be clear. That was. It was a wild episode to listen to because, like, he he was struggling because after three shots and trying to explain Kingdom yeah. Hearts yeah. with after your three shots, Andrew. Oh, like it was. I was like, wow, this this man's going through a trial and tribulation right now, man. Like, yeah. But yeah, I gotta get Travis back on this episode. Like, mm. I remember the first time, first time I had Travis on What's the Biz, he thought it was a video podcast because of Games Groceries. And so he's getting his camera ready, he's getting like his his hair done and all that. I'm like, hey, buddy, this is this is just audio. He's like, what? I'm yeah. like, it's just audio. Did I not tell you that? He's like, I would have been on here sooner. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm sorry, man. But I gotta get him on. Honestly, I gotta get all the people from, like, that I had from Games Groceries mm -hmm. onto this show some point. Cause that's the thing. If you if you were on Games and Groceries, I miss you to death, and yeah. I wish we could talk more. But you know, as you know, like with with working the jobs that we do and doing our own separate projects, it just sucks that I can't keep up. Yeah. Like even it's hard. Yeah. Even even uh, Andrew Orsi, I miss a lot. But even that, you know, the big the the big time ones like Chibi D, Wombat, RGT eighty five, uh, Jeff Keeley. Yeah, Jeff Keeley came on the games, oh, but gracious. we just didn't release it because he said some things. We're like, okay, we'll delete the okay. episode. Yeah, goodness um, gracious. But like everybody who was in Games of Groceries, I'm like, I miss talking to. Like, I I, I like those conversations that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, they were some of my favorite conversations I ever had with people because it was just it was about video games, but sometimes it turned into like like inspiring right yeah um 
you know, I, I, I keep thinking about um, even Nick DiPaolo. Nick mm-hmm. DiPaolo was mm-hmm. just like this very... His always turned into like some big inspirational speech. <laughs> yeah, every time, without a doubt. Yeah, I feel like you would like ask him a simple question about like, what's this part of game development like? And then he would just go into, this is why you have to keep reaching for your dreams forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like, I always feel really good about myself after those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's like you gotta stay positive and keep on going you gotta do it. i have twins they're all driving me crazy i also have a daughter i have three children they are all ripping my brains out but you gotta stay positive <laughs> <laughs> but like i i always love the the videos he posts on on twitter where mm-hmm. where he's just wrestling with his daughters like like they're all they all want to get suplex he's like okay you come in and they're just like more more suplex yeah. and just like, <laughs> it's so precious but yeah yeah i miss all the people from games groceries but again trying to align people to come on a podcast when i don't even know my own schedule yeah but uh i should still try i should still you should, but it's like you said, it's it's difficult because especially with people that who you don't talk to a lot, you don't want to feel bad if you need to cancel last minute because your True. schedule changes or yeah. mm-hmm. you can't they they need to schedule a couple weeks in advance, but you can't because your schedule changes week to week. Yeah. You know, like Andrew's one thing, he's one of our good friends. Yeah. We good, you great know, band. we can text him and be like, Hey, you available this weekend and if he is, he is. If he's not, he's not. Yeah. There are people yeah. who need to know weeks in advance. Yeah, and exactly. Do I do. That. I do want the viewing audience to know how Adam texts me to come on what's <laughs> <laughs> It's just like it's 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 distinct because I always know if I get one Twitter message from Adam, he's just trying to have a friend conversation or he's sharing like a meme with me or something yeah. that he found. Yes. If I get two in a row, the first <laughs> one is, "Do you want to come on What's the Biz this weekend?" And the second one is some picture of a character holding a gun up to my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When he told me, he's like, I texted Andrew to see if he wants to come on. I'm like, did you send him a gun? He's like, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was there was there was Harry Potter with a gun. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's every time. It's like, well, it's gotta be a thing now. It started like the first or <laughs> first one or two times when we first started, and then it, now every time. Every time. It's just an old man with a shotgun. I would like to point com- out that I, it's comfortable I, at this I never point. condoned this. <laughs> you never. I never <laughs> agreed to this. He does this on his own. You're like, he's such a nice man. Why would you do that? I'm like, because I, I got to get him on somehow. With, without threats, it's how is he going to come on? Goodness. You're lucky you're cute. True. Yeah, I know. Like those dimples must have gotten you like through life. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> my my mom always wanted to like throw me out a window, but then she's like, "You're lucky, you're cute," and I'm like, "I know, <laughs> I'm aware, <laughs> I'm aware." That's how I get away with murder. So, uh, before we end this uh, interview, uh, Mr. Orsi, uh, oh and do you have any other further questions about um, uh, how do how do interviewers end like those stupid ones? Like like you get an end of a job interview, like. So do you have any other questions? And you're just in that awkward, like, I know I should have questions, but you literally answered everything. Yeah, my answer is like, not at this time. I think you got all my questions that I had. So they think that I had questions. Oh, see, I would say, nah, dog. Like I'm no, I literally, I literally will take like, I have a pad of paper like sitting there that is completely blank that I'll just go like, um... No, I actually think we hit all of these. So yeah. I don't have any of the yeah. stuff that's I wanted to ask move. is good now. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I'll let you know if I come up with more. As yeah. long as they think you had questions, I think that's still impressive. Yeah, I know. I do. I will say, like, I, I almost never have questions going into the first 
interview yeah. for a job. Um, yeah. I'm just not good at having that. I like I would try to maybe have one and it would usually get answered. And so then it's yeah. like, well, I have. Um, but yeah. for the job that I ended up getting when I was in my second and third interview, I made sure I had like one. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, like, I don't even know what to they- ask. It's like, so my question is, did I get the job? Yeah, right. <laughs> did I get <laughs> No, the, this past year when I was applying to a bunch of jobs, I was trying to go for like, oh, well, what is it? What does a day look like in this position? Like, what is a typical day? And first answer was like, oh, well, not every day is typical. Everything's different. To shut up. It's an office job. It's not that <laughs> different every day. <laughs> Tell me a typical day. But then sometimes it's the first interview and I'm meeting with a recruiter who knows nothing about the position or what the day looks like. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. well, that's more of a question for the manager. I'm like, great. So I wasted that question on you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I can never ask it happened- again. <laughs> That was what happened in my second round of interviews at this job, yeah. like because then they finally were like, "We're now going to have a couple of other people from the co- like, not just the manager, and mm-hmm. not you know, like we're going to have a couple others." And I was like, "Great, tell me about the company culture. Tell me about what you, what keeps you working yeah. at this company. Why were you drawn to it? Yeah, blah 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 blah. Ask questions like that. I did have an interview with the CEO, and I asked him a few specific things, like, and I think again, like company culture related. I try mm-hmm. to, I try to do a lot of questions around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But then my like final interview, I didn't even I. I might have had, I don't know. My final interview was I needed to do a product demo. Like they had given me access to like the documentation mm-hmm. for the product and I had to do a demo of it mm-hmm. for them. Um, and I don't think there was a time, there might've been a brief thing of like, were there anything, anything you had questions about, blah, 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 maybe. But I just remember at the end of it, my manager's going, cool, are you available for a quick phone call? Uh, maybe like <laughs> five today. And that was literally the offer call. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. Like he at the end of the interview scheduled the call to make the offer, which I think he probably would have like basically done almost right away. But I still had to interview with the CEO. First. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a word to about all these office jobs is the multiple interviews. I know. And when you apply, you don't know. It could be two. It could be three. It could be yeah. five. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> yeah. It could happen over two weeks. It could happen over two months. Exactly. And it is <laughs> exhausting. Yeah. Like youth ministry, it was always like multiple interviews. I think my longest one was like four months and I didn't get the job. And I was like, oh, my God. One job, it was a Skype interview with all they were all in the room, eight people. And it just kept swinging the camera around. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go. They're like, I have a question. They would swing the webcam over. Like, okay, didn't know you were there, but sure, why not? Nice to meet (laughs) you. Nice to meet you. See, that's not it. That's not it. Like, they have to understand that the the concept of, like, a conference room all asking, like, that just feels like a mob of people. That was the first interview in your house by yourself. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing with the church we did go to in New York. First interview was a Skype interview. Then it was a Skype interview with me and Adam. Yes. Then we went in person. We had to do a question and answer in the youth group with the kids and the volunteers. Yes. And then the next day we had a interview with the entire church. Like we stood like up after in front the, of the church. After the service, they're like, all right, we're going to do a meet and greet where Adam and Liz are going to go stand in front of the church and anyone, anyone can raise their hand and ask a question. No. Yeah. I was like, I was sure I was going to be the reason he wouldn't have gotten that job. Oh my God. Cause I'm not yeah. a public speaker, but we did. And wow. And what wow. A, what a regret. What a regret. 
But if it wasn't for that church, I wouldn't have met Andrew or No, and well, we wouldn't have like our adopted son from there. Oh yeah. So you even know. though me and Andrew have never met. Never met in person. Never met in no. person. I mean, I've never met Andrew in person either. You say just you two. <laughs> I, I am also friends with Andrew. Oh yeah. Liz and I right. actually hang out all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Andrew flies here. I fly there all the time. You just have no idea. Oh, yeah. Man. And that's the thing, like we, we we tried that one time to go to Long Island Retro and mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. No. Oh like, god, oh. it was so close. It almost yeah. happened. Almost so close. But you know, it is what it is. And that that's the thing. Whenever like with that first time my mom asked, like, who who's Andrew? Yeah, that was funny. I was like, like who's Andrew? We're like Oh yeah, you don't yeah. know him. It's like, what was he from college? Like, no, it's just some random stranger on the internet. Yeah, we, we met him online. Yeah, I don't know if he has legs or not. So I'm just, I'm just not aware. I don't. They're not here. They're not here. They're all. It's all a facade. Yep. Uh, so do you have any further questions for us? What times you're gonna ask him that? Um, yeah. What would you say inspired you about the company culture of what's the biz that has uh, had you continue the podcast? Oh, the answer to that is Floki. Oh yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That's uh, a perfect answer. Oh, he's oh asleep. my god, he looks. I would, adorable. I would stick around for Floki. Yeah, he... most people would. I think we'll just end the conversation here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. It's been an hour and a half. I was gonna say we've been here a while. I've been here a long. Kitchen's while. getting sticky. Oh boy. Yeah, it's mm. a lot of glaze that you got to clean up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we thank you again for listening to this week's uh, Games of Groceries with Andrew Orsi. Mm-hmm. You yeah, hope you like the gaming news. Uh, thanks for listening to What's the Biz. It's it's nice to it's nice to meet you. Um, yeah. If 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 you're here, I hope you weren't offended with last week when if you if you were boycotting Harry Potter and you're harassing people, I called you worse than the people at, at, at abortion clinics. I didn't like you. I was very bold. Yeah. I I, I compared them to the people outside of abortion clinics because yeah. they're just as bad. Um, and I still stand by that. Uh, I don't know why I'm looking the camera. This is only audio. It is what it is. Just know while Adam Andrew. said that, he stared into your soul. I sir. stared into <laughs> your souls. Um, either way, I love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Toodles. Say bye, Andrew. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>